0: We've been gone way too long, but rides in a new country, and Christmas is finally over. So we have returned, and it's that time of year again where we find it within ourselves to judge all that we have read from the past year and let you, the listening public, know what was the best of 2012. According to us,
1: the authority of <laughs> the speakers for all fancy books.
0: Welcome to the FDRcast, the official podcast for fantasybookreview.co.uk. My name is Josh. And my name is Ryan. And he's special. And it's time to look at all that has happened in the world of and around fantasy books. As I mentioned in the preamble, this week we'll be looking at the best books of 2012. And as Ryan mentioned, these best books are entirely chosen at our discretion. It's all up to us. There are some unsurprising category choices. And a few crazy out-of-left-field categories that I hope Ryan will put in the script at some point while I vamp. Because he told me they existed. Things to do with weird deaths and stuff like that. But first, let's get into what we are drinking. I am drinking tea again. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Shut up, I like tea.
1: You may be surprised, but I'm not drinking alcohol. (gasps) It's it's nine in the morning here, so um, I'm actually drinking some chocolate milk. Grade A milk from Publix.
0: And that is the last time we ever did that segment.
1: (laughs) Made from milk from cows not treated with RBST.
0: What's RBST? I could read
1: I I don't know. It says somewhere about here artificial hormones. Yeah.
0: That's um that's mildly worrying.
1: This is a there is a lot of warnings on this
0: chocolate milk. You live in America now. (laughs) There is the threat of being sued around every corner. There will be signs. Yes. But It's that time you've been waiting for.
1: Well, I've been waiting for. I don't know if everyone else has been.
0: Well, I can hope they have been. And it's going to be up on the site. We'll have a big awards page at some point. But right now, the best of 2012 drumroll doesn't exist. Let's get straight into it, though. We have narrowed this down to a few categories which then have their own award sections. And the first we've got is the best epic slash high fantasy novel.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, before we get started... What we've done is we've gone out and we've canvassed some of the books, um, for, for these categories from a whole bunch of other reviewers from the website. So we've got Jasper DeJude, we've got Alice Wybrew, Pippa Green, and, um,
0: I think Steph's in there as well somewhere. David thought might have made an appearance somewhere in there as well as I was fairly certain there was someone else, but it, it's a, it, it's a fairly, um, diverse range michelle herbert has made an appearance yes. as well um the first category we have is a specific genre categories and inside there the um first category we're going to look at is best epic slash high fantasy now this is the you, your break this is your bread and butter this is what everybody loves and it is a big year for a lot of uh, very uh, traditional, let, let's say, best epic high fantasy. Um, Ryan, you want to run us through some of the contenders that we've got here?
1: Yeah, well, um, I actually didn't read a lot of high fantasy this year. Um, yeah, I know I'm a bad fantasy reader, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, my my personal contender for this is surprising, um, especially to me. Um, I didn't know he had such a good book left in him, but... Wards of the Ferry by Terry Brooks was, for me, far and away the best high fantasy that I read this year.
0: Is that just because uh, you haven't read anything else, or was it actually a good book?
1: It was actually a good book. It was actually probably the best Terry Brooks book that I've read since The Isle Witch, back on the, the days, the voyage of the Gelshanara, that's like 10 years ago now, at least 12 years ago maybe, so... You know, his best book in about 12 years, and I think uh, it's for someone who puts out a book every single year. Um, yeah, I, it's been slowly going downhill. A lot of people have been leaving it, but this was a very, very good book, very good book. Um, Jasper has thrown in a nomination for Hats Off to Brandenburg by Graham Thomas. Alice has thrown in a nomination for The Killing Moon by Nora Jemison, N.K. Jemison, and Pippa Green has thrown in a nomination
0: for A Hint of Frost by Haley Edwards. Whereas I have um, played straight to my stereotypes and gone with Orb Scepter Throne by E.M.C. Esselmont, one of the Malazan books that he has written um, in conjunction with Stephen Erickson's own Malazan series. Um, so is this
1: a case of The Apprentice has become the master? Because... There was a Malazan book out by Erickson this year as well, wasn't there?
0: Um, There was, and um, I should actually have this up somewhere. Thrown in with a question, yes. Yes, fantastic. (laughs) Um, There it is, there it is. Dusted Dreams and The Crippled God are also books that I read this year. Um, And I do actually believe that The Crippled God came out this year, which does surprise me as to why I haven't put it in as... Um, A Contender? No, it came out in 2011, which is why I didn't put it in there. So you've yeah. thrown me. You've thrown me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what about Forge of Darkness? Did you Never remember?
0: actually finished it. Ah. Uh, it's it's sitting somewhere with a bookmark in it, and I promise I'll get there. Yeah. But this is the way it goes sometimes. But Orb Set the Throne, for me, it, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, there was um, Growth. Uh, one of the things that I've said often this year is that I love to see an author actually grow in their ability to t- tell a story. Um, and over time, ENC Esselmont has gotten much better at being able to tell a story. And gosh, this was fantastic. It returned to Dharaj- Dharajistan, which is definitely one of the favourite uh, locations for Marathon fans. And it was just a fantastic book.
1: That's good. Now, um we're not actually going to pick a winner. Um this is this is more just we're going to say these were our favorite books in these genres for this year. But if we did have to pick a winner, I I don't know, I haven't read any of the other books so I can't say.
0: No, th- 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 this is definitely not an episode where we're going to uh, fight over which one because there's only so much time each of us have in the have in the year and to read all of the books that may be thrown in with contention would be a full-time job that both of us would love, but just not likely at the moment.
1: All right, so uh, next on the list is the best urban fantasy, and this is this is a genre that I read quite a lot this year. Probably my most read genre between that and young adult. So and it's
0: definitely a, a, a genre that is taking a lot of precedence over the traditional fantasy. Um, you've got authors writing and expanding the idea of what is urban fantasy Um, and that's pretty much shown here in this list of contenders again we've got no two um, nominations that that are the same Uh, Jasper has uh, gone in with um, the dirty streets of heaven by Tad Williams which is a fantastic book Alice who has gone with The City Sun by Tom Pollock, whereas Steph nominated Whispers Underground by Ben Aronovich, which I loved personally. I've actually managed to read one of the nominated books. Hallelujah! My, um, contender is The Minority Council by Kate Griffin. Uh, Kate Griffin is, uh, one of my favorite authors. Um, and even though I absolutely love The Dirty Streets of Home by Tad Williams, uh, there is something about, uh, a favourite author managing to produce yet another fantastic book that is just unbeatable for me. Ryan, uh, you've got two nominations. you you've being greedy.
1: I am being greedy, and it's our list, so I can do whatever I want. Uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, I, I tried to split these two. Um, they're very, very similar books in a lot of ways, um, despite being, you know, set in two different time periods. The first one is uh, Spellbound by Larry Correa. It's the sequel to Hard Magic and follows a bunch of probably super-powered superheroes in the 1930s um, trying to fight off the threat of the Japanese superpowers. And it's kind of like, yeah, I'd say X-Men and Watchmen. Meets the 1930s, and this has just got some of the most audacious action scenes that I've ever read in a book. And he's he's created all these different magic types and given them all names. So you've got people who are super strong, people who can uh, set fire to things, uh, all all these different magical abilities, um, and you can possess one one of these abilities, kind of like Misborn. With um,
0: mm,
1: you know yep. you can you can only consume one metal, and each person has like a different role to play. Um, yeah, this this is very very similar stuff, and but each of the different roles is used to take down like some pretty serious monsters. And yeah, there's yeah, it's hard to describe. You just have to read it. The the other nomination that I've put in was Control Point by Mike Cole, which is another another um, book where you have a magic system where each person can be assigned a certain type of magic. You're a um, portomancer or a hydromancer, all these different types of um, magic that will manifest itself inside of you but this is a modern day military thriller where the government is taking control of all these people who are coming up latent with these magical abilities and you know, sort of crafting them into their own army of super soldiers and there's parallel worlds and there's a whole bunch of other things so very very similar to spellbound but yeah set Eighty eighty odd years later, in a modern setting, so I think um, a lot of people have described it as Black Hawk Down meets X Men. So whereas the first one was X Men meets nineteen thirties, this one's X Men meets Black Hawk Down.
0: I feel somewhat yeah. upset that you haven't told me about this. this oh, is, this sounds fantastic! <laughs> it was on our most anticipated list. You should have read it. I, yeah, well, we'll <laughs> it was that later, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, next Um, Although I wanted to say that I think um, In some regards We could probably actually Safely um, walk away Saying that um, Tad Williams' The Dirty Streets of Heaven Is the best urban fantasy from the year Um, I think It has received just enormous Rave reviews From all across the um, spectrum Of podcasts and blogs And the industry in, in, in general And Um,
1: And it it appears a couple of other times down on this list as well It it
0: absolutely does As does another book we'll get to in a little bit But first, um, I'm going to go again and walk us through this one Because otherwise I'm not going to be able to say anything Uh, Best Young Adult Fantasy um, is a category that I simply don't read Um, Obviously my contacts at the publishing houses have decided that It's not worth sending me these books I apparently don't read them Um, But Jasper and Alice have both nominated a book each, uh, Metawars Meta- Meta Fight for the Future. Um, Jasper hasn't actually put in a uh, an author for this, but while I bring that up. Um, uh, yeah,
1: Alice, Alice made a nomination as well. Um, Storm Dancer by Jay Kristoff. Um, I heard a lot about this book when it came out, um, a lot of those stories being you either loved it. Because of how inventive it was Or you either hated it Because of the way that it Treated Japanese culture
0: Um, I do remember hearing About this actually Um, Jasper's book uh, Metal Wars Fight for the Future Is by Jeff Norton and I haven't Heard a thing about this one at all Um, Ryan however apparently Has read nothing but young adult fantasy All year because Whereas most of us only get one line In the script um, Ryan has I think (laughs) six um i'm gonna go get a glass of water i'll be back in about half an hour Um, you want to tell us about Uh, these young adult fantasy books you've been reading this is going to be a quick
1: one honest um it was hard for me to pick out what i thought was the best so i decided to go with an entire imprint which was strange chemistry um
0: this this, this is cheating i don't care if if this is their own competition or not this is cheating
1: yeah, they, they launched in, I think, August this year, um, July, August this year, and they're an imprint of Angry Robot Books, and they had five or six books come out this year, and all of them were very high class. Um, Catcher's Catch- World by Jonathan L. Howard, uh, was a standout for me. It was a sci-fi that was set on a water world in, um, had submarine culture and Russian culture was loads of fun. But uh, the other books, Poltergeeks by Sean Cummings, Shift by Kim Curran, Assassin's Curse by Cassandra Rose Clare, and Blackwood by Gwenda Bond. They were all very accomplished efforts and Blackwood has even been picked up by MTV to be made into a TV series. So I think just, that effort alone of standing up a new publishing house and bringing on so many great authors and you know, being so widely received definitely deserves and congratulations from Aaron.
0: Now, do you want to take me through the next one so that I can actually have a bit of a spiel about my book?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I haven't read any historical fantasy this year. Um, I can see the books on here and I was really looking to read probably... Two of the three of them. Um, the first one is nominated by Jester, which is Bitter Seeds by Ian Tregellis. That's that's a book that I've really wanted to read for a long time. Um, Alice Wybrew, she's nominated The Devil's Looking Glass by Mark Chadburn, another one that I've wanted to read for a long time. And Josh, what have you got? I
0: have nominated The Dragon Arcana by Pierre Pavel. Now, for those who don't know, uh, Pavel is a French... Author and all of um, this series that he's been writing has actually originally been written in French, and these books have been translated into English. um, But I've loved each and every one of them. There are some issues with the translation, which is probably not the fault of anybody whatsoever, but just the differences between French and English. Um, But I absolutely loved um, this series. This book, *The Dragon Arcana*, concluded um, the Cardinals' Blades series. Um, and it is one of the few historical fantasy books I've ever actually read. I, I haven't really come across a lot of them in my reading. Um, as as mentioned, I do tend and trend towards the more traditional uh, high and epic fantasy, um, but if Dragon Arcana is anything to go by, I, I really do uh, look forward to the opportunity to expand um, my reading. Um, Now, again, I sit back and let Ryan um, and Pippa Green take um, the lead on this one, because I can safely say with no shame or guilt or confusion whatsoever that I have read no paranormal romance this year. And to be perfectly honest, I'm baffled that Ryan has either. Um, Pippa nominated Which Way to Turn by Karen Y. Bynum. And Ryan, you have got one by an author that we both like.
1: Yeah, um I I decided to go with Diamond Eyes by Anita Bell or AA Bell and it, it's it loosely fits into paranormal romance. Um it, it probably also fits into sci fi and urban fantasy and medical thriller and a whole bunch of different genres. But yeah, I haven't I haven't read a lot of Paranormal romance this year but It definitely feels like a good paranormal romance. Um I'm actually I'm not surprised that you haven't read any of this genre very much.
0: Because you know me.
1: But yeah, there are there are some very good books in this genre and I've I've tried to make a concerted effort in the past to at least read a few books from this genre to broaden my fantasy horizons. Um it's one thing to go forth and judge a book without having read it, but you know, to judge a whole genre without having read any of the books in the genre is also very very hard to do. And a lot of these books are very good. It's not just fantasy for women. It's you know, there's some very good books in this genre that I think everybody should read.
0: Which is exactly why I hope everybody is very aware of the fact that I make fun of entire genres and authors for the fun <laughs> of it to get a reaction not because I actually feel I have something to say.
1: It's all and to I make you laugh. And I don't set you up at all.
0: Not at all, you bastard. Best <laughs> science fiction for the year. I know our website says fantasy book review, but let's just deal with it. Science fiction is part of the fantasy genre.
1: Yeah, let's be honest that science fiction is a
0: sub-genre of fantasy. It, it absolutely is. <laughs> and we're setting you up. Please send us emails. I don't have the email address. Um, anyway, um, Jasper has nominated Gridlink by Neil Asher. Pippa Green has nominated Downside Girls by Jane Fenn. Ryan, you've nominated the book, which similarly to, um, Tad Williams, um, why the dirty streets of heaven the name just never sticks in my head you've nominated the book that i think we could safely walk away saying this is the most popular sci-fi book from the year
1: yeah i went with red shirts by john scalsey um it's a popular choice but again it's it's a book that if you don't like it i completely understand because there's a lot of I, I suppose the fir- the first in joke. There's a lot of in jokes. The first in joke is the name Red Shirts, and you've got to understand where the name Red Shirts comes from. And right. if and, and if you haven't been a Star Trek fan and you haven't known that in the older series that every character who dies is wearing a red shirt, all the all the supporting characters, all the people who are just there to be cannon fodder so that the the main heroes can survive. Yeah, you know, they're all wearing red shirts, and the heroes are wearing different colour shirts. I mean, there's there's your first in joke, and then from then on, it's it's not really a parody. It's more of a celebration of really corny, cheesy 1980s, 1990s sci-fi TV, and it is just fun. And yeah, but it's not just yeah, it's not just a comedy. It's not just there to poke fun at different genres it's also got a really heartwarming story at its core and you know it was, it was my first ever Scalzi book and i i will definitely go back and read more of him that was excellent
0: now the um science fiction genre is um a little bit beyond me um at the moment um i um nominated the long earth by terry pratchett and stephen baxter which i feel as if it it has actually not received as much attention and reading as it should deserve given the names on the um, spine. Um, however, I was gifted for Christmas, uh, Great North Road by Peter F. Hamilton, and I am... It's a bloody big book. Um, it's a 1,000 pages, and they have not tried to um, make the paper smaller at all. So you feel that 1,000 pages. And... I I, I don't know. This book may just happen to be better than The Long Earth. It is fantastic. And you'll hear more about that in next week's episode when we get back to a bit of a normal routine. I think we can walk away saying the popular voters' red shirts. Uh, I would love to know what people think of uh, Peter F. Hamilton's uh, Great North Road. That being said, I think it's actually coming out in America next year. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, one, one sci-fi book I only just thought of uh, was
0: the new Neil Stevenson, um, Reamdy. Oh, Reamdy. Which I'm also only halfway through. And, yeah. and Neil Stevenson is, sort of deserves a genre of his own.
1: Yeah, that is another doorstopper. That's it really
0: is. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. The only reason I haven't finished it is because I read weird. Um, the <laughs> last uh, specific category we want to look at Ryan, it's all yours. You're the only nomination here. Take it away. Yeah, I, I
1: think I'm the only horror reader for, um, fantasy book review at the moment. Um, I'll try and get Jasper into it. Um, Jasper reads a lot of books and I think he'll come around. (laughs) I'm sure you'll, you'll come around, Josh. I'm sure you'll come around. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, I've, I've picked Nightfall by Will Elliott here. Um, Story story about a guy who commits suicide and then wakes up in a weird and wonderful world full of very murderous people trying to kill him and then it's it's like a it's like a horror comedy. Um, he does things and makes you laugh at things that you really shouldn't be laughing at and just it's like yeah it's like slapstick horror. I would almost call it slapstick horror but yeah it's it's hard to describe but and it's beautifully it's, written as
0: well it's
1: yeah he he's got an amazing way with words and 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 it's all it's all really good it's a whole lot of fun and and but you're sort of wondering where, when's the plot going to emerge when's the plot going to emerge and then you know slowly but surely it's it's starting to emerge and then as you get further into it you realize that the plot's always been there and it's just so well woven into all the different areas. And the ending was one of the most moving endings I've ever read of any book. And yeah, I, I'm not a very emotional person, but yeah, this was, this was an emotional ending for me. So uh, all I can do is say horror is sometimes a very rewarding genre if you give it a chance and Hopefully some of the other fantasy book reviewers will give it a chance next year and um, anyone else who's out there who wants to try something that's sort of outside the box from your typical epic fantasy and urban fantasy, then you know, give horror a go. You you might not like it and that's okay, but you might find that it's a very, very good genre.
0: I um, started reading Nightfall by Willie Elliott and... Um I, I didn't hate it at all. The only reason I didn't finish it was because I wasn't in the right place to be reading that sort of confusing, not straightforward book. But yeah. it, it it had me captivated. Uh, the 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 walk down the stairs that this character takes is very um, relevant to the reader as well. Um, yeah. That is the last of our specific genre categories, and now we move into uh, specific release types. Here we're going to be looking at anthologies, standalone, sequels, and debuts, and straight up, best anthology collection. I feel like I want to uh, exclude you from being able <laughs> to vote in this uh, specific yeah. category. Um, you want to take a guess why? Yeah, so. I'm going to say "Fading Light." Really? <laughs> Cause, That's cause uh,
1: sh- funny. Because my because my short story's in there.
0: Oh, and, uh, ev- and,
1: and everybody else says that it's great, and it's got a 4.69 out of five star review on, oh average review score on Goodreads. So
0: let's just make one thing very clear, must, people. It must
1: must be must be good.
0: Ryan's <laughs> story does in fact appear in Fading Light. Fading Light does in fact have a large range of authors. But Ryan's is, time and time again, taken as an example of just how good this collection is. It is pinned up as one of the favourites. So Ryan might be, like, we're making a bit of fun about this, but Fading Light and Ryan's story in particular, definitely worth your time.
1: Yeah. Um, Ryan outside... doesn't
0: know how to take compliments.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still new to it. I'm still... I don't understand why people like it. It's... It's a very confronting. Well,
0: neither do I, but that's not the very, point. <laughs> very,
1: very confronting and very, um, yeah, disturbing and deranged. It's horror. I mean, yeah, but I'm still waiting for someone to go, yeah, this is, this is crap. I can't read it and, you know, I don't want to read it. And yeah,
0: I can't see. I that. guess,
1: I guess, yeah, you know, we're getting good reviews because we market it to the horror reading crowd. So yeah, <laughs> um, outside of that, I've, not read a lot of anthologies this year. Um, I read quite a few last year, but I, it just, none really came across my desk this year. I've got one that, it's the first, first book I've received, um, since I've been over here, and it was, and it's, uh, Epic. It's edited by John Joseph Adams, and it includes the likes of Robin Hobb, Ursula Le Guin, Orson Scott Carr, George R.R. R. Martin, Brandon Sanderson, Patrick Rothfuss, Um, yeah, that, that arrived yesterday and I'm about to get started on that. I have a feeling that's going to be a very good anthology.
0: I, um, nominated A Blink of the Screen by Terry Pratchett. Um, I've sort of rigged it this way. I I mean, an anthology of, of stories by Terry Pratchett, you sort of can't go wrong. Um, this year is actually the first year I've actually managed to read a rather substantial portion of anthologies, um, anthologies. And there were some fantastic stories written by a lot of fantastic authors. But a blink of the screen, it, you just can't step past it. There are some fantastic stories, both Discworld and Not. There's the um, original idea for what later became The Long Earth that Pratchett wrote with Baxter. Um, and there are some really uh, fantastic uh, looks into Pratchett as a writer. Um, Now, speaking of Pratchett, um, he's popped up twice in the next category, Best Standalone. Um, This is a bit of an interesting category, as we unexpectedly found out. Um, The idea in my head, when I sent out the emails and when Ryan and I were discussing it, was that a standalone would be a book that had no... Uh, Linked to any other universe or series or characters—that—that's that, what it's always been in my head. Um, other people disagree with me, however.
1: Yeah, and I—I um, I can kind of see why. I suppose the two books that we've got in question, um, Alice Wyber, she nominated *Snuff* by Terry Pratchett, and um, Steph, she nominated *Red Country*, the *Red Country* by Joe Abercrombie, and these—these these are two self-contained novels. They've got a beginning, a middle and an end and they don't rely on knowledge of any of the previous works to enjoy enjoy what's going on. But uh, there's no doubt that if you've read previous Sam Bynes novels, then your experience reading snuff is going to be enriched quite a bit.
0: And the same goes Uh, for Red Country. Uh, There are several characters who... Appear in Red Country that have appeared in previous Joe Abercrombie novels from The First Law straight through to the other two, um, self contained novels. So, we're throwing them out there. Um, as mentioned, Alice nominated Snuff and Steph nominated The Red Country. The other, um, two nominations for this category, I abstained because I, I didn't actually read any. Um, and I, I refused to, um, contend that red country is a, a standalone uh is uh, jasper's nominating dodger by terry pratchett which we can definitely say is a standalone novel and uh, being received very highly and ryan your one
1: yeah my one is the hollow city by dan wells and this is a this is a story about a guy who's got schizophrenia um he he sees monsters everywhere and he's people are chasing after him, he thinks the FBI is chasing after him, and um, he gets locked up in a mental institution to try and deal with his mental illness. Um, the pro- problem is that um, some of the monsters that he sees are actually real, and you can't tell which ones are the hallucinations and which ones are real. Mm, I mean, you
0: mentioning this on the podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah, this was just, this was fantastic. I... I had so much fun with this book, and I yeah, highly highly recommend it. It was a fantastic standalone.
0: Now moving into the next category, best sequel. Thankfully, a category that I am all over. Like, no, that's just horrible. I'm not, that. <laughs> I'm
1: not editing that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> best sequel, Jester nominated. Tomorrow the Killing by Daniel Polanski. Never heard of it. David Stoit, um, I... first time that he has appeared in our nomination so far. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm just going to keep going. Um, right. He nominated two, um, The Blinding Knife by Brent Weeks and A King of Thorns by Mark Lawrence. I've heard of both of them. I've heard wonderful things about both of them. I'm going to leave it at that before I get into my Mark Lawrence bashing. Alice Wybrew has nominated Taken by Benedict Jacka. Sorry, Jacker. I always, for some reason, think there's an extra T in there. Steph has nominated the very popular Adrian Tchaikovsky's The Air War, which is book eight or something in that series. Um, I nominated Rise of the Tiger Then by James Barclay. Now, I understand that my earlier um, nomination for Ian uh, C. Esselmont's Orb Scepter Throne is a sequel and etc. 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 I wanted to minimise how often I doubled up on my nominating. Um, and... Rise of the Tiger SN by James Barclay was simply fantastic. Um, I love Barclay. Um, I'm very good friends with James Barclay. And I cannot get enough of the this Elves series. It, this is book two. Book three comes out middle of next year, I think. Uh This year, depending on when you're listening to it, 2013. Um, and it is definitely worth your time. Whereas Ryan... I shouldn't say whereas because that would suggest that Ryan's nomination is less than mine. I'm going to take that back and just throw it to Ryan anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've gone with uh, Feedback by Robertson Wells, and I've I've put sequels in the categories above, but I, I've put Feedback here because uh, this does everything that a sequel is supposed to do. Um, if you consider it as a sequel, it takes all the things from the first story in variant and then... Uses that to expand the scope of the entire world, to expand the threat that's being posed. You know, the first one is a sci-fi um, Big Brother. I'm stuck in a I'm, I'm stuck in a school where the government is doing tests on me, and people are watching me, and you know, martial law sort of comes in. So that's how I like to explain the first one. Then the second one, you know, following the escape from the school, deals with the fallout from that and how he hasn't just escaped from the school, he's just escaped into a much larger village that's also controlled by the same people who were controlling the school. So sort of out of the frying pan and into the fire and, yeah, does everything that a sequel is supposed to do and uh, easy to recommend.
0: And the final... I must admit, actually, while you that that feedback by Robertson Willis sounds actually very interesting um, I must uh, re- recommend to people we're, we're going to put all of these up on the, um, the website and you should take the time to go and read through as many as you can because uh, there's a reason that they are being nominated as our favourites um, the next category is best debut novel uh, this is the uh, best first book by an author and there are some Interesting picks here. Um, some unheard of ones and some less unheard of ones. Jasper has nominated Hats Off to Brandenburg by Graham Thomas. Never heard of it, but the title is fantastic. Alice has nominated The City Sun by Tom Pollock. Steph has nominated... The only one that I think I've actually heard brilliant things about It is actually appearing on certain people's yeah. best fantasy books of 2012 lists. and And it's sitting on my Kindle ready to go. Along with the forty-seven yeah. other books you've got in the past year, uh, yeah. this is VN, The First Machine Dynasty by Madeline Ashby. Um, it it has me intrigued. Um, I nominated Songs of the Earth by Elspeth Cooper, which I'm almost certain came out this year. Um, and
1: Ryan and I've I've gone for Control Point. I, I know I mentioned it before again, but it is a standout amongst the debut novels this year. And I've read I've read quite a few, and yeah, I. Mike Coles was yeah, far and away the most impressive of all the debuts that I read this year.
0: Now it comes to the part of the episode that I'm actually most looking forward to, to be perfectly honest. Um, this time of year, um, which is to say the last two weeks of the old year and the first week or so of the new year, are uh, a lot of fun um, for me as a fantasy book reviewer. I get to spend my time looking at what has come and what I like the most and I get to look forward to the year coming and uh, what I'm most anticipating which for the clever of you will uh, telltale that we're going to look at our most anticipated books of 2012 and see which ones we thought came out the best. Um, you can find these. Uh, there'll be links to them in the show notes on the main page hopefully and some of you may actually have read them already. These are the... Um, three blog posts that Ryan and I worked on at the beginning of 2012 that looked at the most anticipated books. Um, and we had three categories, uh, Best of the Rest, which is pretty much all of those other authors who aren't heavyweights um, but are still authors that a lot, a lot a lot, of people are really looking forward to. The second category was the heavyweights. And then we sort of made it personal and looked at our personal most anticipated As with all the other categories, we asked our um, reviewers at at FBR to have a look and see what they thought. And the nominations, um, it looks like a lot of people actually um, took the time to read some of the ones we recommended. Ryan, you want to walk us through them?
1: When we wrote the rest um, blog post, that was back on the 24th of January this year. And our nominees were Blackbirds by Chuck Wendig, uh, The Skybound Sea by Sam Sykes, Red Country by Joe Abercrombie, City of Dragons by Robin Hobb, and The Traitor Queen by Trudy Canavan, The Killing Moon by N.K. Jemisin, Trinity Moon by Elspeth Cooper, The Devil's Looking Glass by Mark Chadburn. I think that was it. Mm -hmm. They were were all the ones that we were looking forward to in 2012. Um, I only got around to... One of those books, which was Blackbirds by Chuck Wendig, and that was fantastic. That was, to go along with the awesome cover, one of the, mm. one of the best books I read this year.
0: Um, the other reviewers, David, nominated King of Thorns by Mark Lawrence. Alice nominated The Killing Moon by N.K. Jemisin, which has just been uber-popular this year. Um, Steph nominated The Woman Who Died A Lot by Jasper Ford. And I actually managed um, to read two of these books. I read The Trader Queen by Trudy Canavan. Um, actually, maybe I didn't. Is that book three? It absolutely uh. is. I didn't actually read that at all. <laughs> the Trudy Canavan covers, while beautiful, do sort of blend one into another. So it turns out I actually only ever read one this year, and it was A Red Country by Joe Abercrombie. And I can safely say that this was brilliant. Um I, to be perfectly honest, I'm thinking, sitting here now, why is Joe Abercrombie in The Rest and not in one of the heavyweights? And maybe that's something we'll deal with next year or in the future, next time he's got a book coming. Um, Either way, Red Country really was a beautifully written book. It was not as dismally dark and um, unlovable as previous books of Abercrombie's that I've read. Um, And it was really funny um, to see a fantasy western um, and, yeah, I, I loved it. And I know a, a lot of people have really enjoyed Red Country by Joe Abercrombie this year.
1: All right. Um, I suppose the next category we had were the 2012 Heavyweights. Um, we wrote this one on the 26th of January with um, full expectation that all of these books would be coming out this year. Um, Not so much. But the first one was The Wind Through the Keyhole, um, which was book you got 4.5 of the dark tower by Stephen King. Um, next one was a memory of light by Robert Jordan, and Brandon Sanderson, um, obviously didn't make it to print this year. It's going to be a week late. Um, so yeah, that's due at 8th of January. Um, King of thorns is, um, the second book by Mark Lawrence in the broken empire. Um, a Path to Coldness by Glenn Cook, the latest um, Dread Empire novel. Um, the Blinding Knife by Brent Weeks. Um, a Crown Imperiled by Raymond E. Feist. And lastly, The Wards of Fairy by Terry Brooks.
0: Now, I didn't actually end up reading any of those books. Um, Ryan did, and won't be. it won't be a surprise to anyone who has actually been paying attention so far to which one he chose. Uh, Alice on the other hand uh, nominated King of Thorns by Mark Lawrence and Steph nominated Win Through the Keyhole by Stephen King um, both good books um, from what I've heard um, despite my personal dislike of Mark Lawrence and while Win Through the Keyhole is sitting on my bookshelf I don't think I can do it justice seeing as I've only read book one of the Dark Tower series Ryan on the other hand you picked
1: I picked Wards of Fairy mostly because it was the only one that I read off this list um I really wanted to read uh, Raymond E. Feist, but I'm just so far out of date with all the mid chemia books that I couldn't do it justice, couldn't possibly. Um, Yeah, the rest of them, they're all on my to-read list at some point next
0: year. I think now is the time to make a a solemn promise, you and I both, that next time we write our most anticipated books of 2013, um, we will promise to read every single book that we put on that list by the end of that year.
1: Although I'm, I'm okay with not reading The Heavyweights, because that's what everybody else is expecting to be awesome, and I'm happy to get to them when I get to them.
0: Although given some of The Heavyweights coming out next yeah. year, I, I think that may not be the case. Best yeah. of our most anticipated was the final category here. We, Ryan and I, took this opportunity to be selfish and just work through why we were most looking forward to these specific books. Um, I'll run through them quickly. Uh, Forge of Darkness by Stephen Erickson. I didn't get to it, or I did, and it's shaping up beautifully. I just stopped reading fantasy for a little bit, and then the end of the year came, and I don't read fantasy at the the end of the year. The Republic of Thieves by Scott Lynch. Sadly, hasn't come out. There is no pressure on you, Scott. Just get to it when you can. Um, That sounded really sarcastic. It wasn't. Uh, the Long Earth by Stephen Baxter and Terry Pratchett. The Red Queen by Isabel Carmody didn't come out this year. Was promised actually at the beginning of that year, and so far it looks like July of 2013. Uh, Ryan picked a, a few himself. A Ralphie by Chana Mieville. The Twelve yeah. by Justin Cronin. Demon Squad Echoes of the Past by Tim Marquitz, And I picked a few. The Minority Council by Kate Griffin. Bitter Blue by Kristen Kishore, Whispers Underground by Ben Aronovich. And, look, I'm, I'm rather pleased. I actually read uh, most of the ones that I picked other than the ones Ryan picked. <laughs>
1: yeah, and um, same for me. I read most of the ones that I picked um, you know, with the exception of the ones that didn't come out and um, the 12. I I have that sitting... You know, On my iPod in audiobook form, ready to go. Just need to find some time
0: to listen to it. Time is the the great problem. Um, Jasper, nominated Minority Council by Kate Griffin. Good choice, man. David Stoit, nominated The Long Earth by Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter. Steph, nominated Win Through the Keyhole by Stephen King. I nominated The Long Earth by Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter, which for the first time, I think we can walk away saying this is the best because two of us nominated it. That's how this works, right?
1: (laughs) That's definitely how it works, right? Naturally. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Ryan, you nominated.
1: I I went for Rail Sea by China Miéville, the Moby Dick reimagining except instead of whales and an ocean, it's a sea of train tracks and they all go on trains and they hunt moles.
0: I want yeah. that somehow to be on the book next time they, they, I'm they pretty, release one.
1: I'm pretty sure it is, and it works. It is just it is so many different levels of awesome.
0: Yeah. One day I'm going to come across a $100 note on the street, and I'm going to walk into my Dimmicks and just buy all of the China Mievel that I can afford with it um, <laughs> because I want to read him so very much, but I just haven't had the opportunity yet. Finally, we look at the big ones, the big awards of the year. It's time to narrow it down. Um, The first two, when I uh, thought of them, I'm I'm taking a big leap here, um, saying that I thought of them. I may not have. Um, But I did think that we would get more nominations for these two. Um, As it turns out, not so much. Uh, First up, Worst Fantasy Book of 2012. Um, Let's be serious here, folks. We are uh, book reviewers, Um, and the simple fact is we read books that are not very good sometimes, and if we didn't tell you what they were, then our jobs would be pointless. Um, So that is why I feel safe in bringing this category in. I know some people think we should all be lovey-dovey and show no dislike for anybody whatsoever, but people can write bad books and still be good people. Let's focus on that, shall we? Alice Wybrew nominated Blackwood by Gwenda Bond, which, funnily enough, is up in Ryan's contenders for best young adult novel. What's going on, Ryan? I think Alice is I... wrong.
1: <laughs> Alice, Alice says that I'm wrong. I I can I can understand why as well. Um, my my review for Blackwood wasn't entirely glowing. I, I had a lot of issues with the books that. I find a lot of adults have with young adult books. I think it's the sort of book that's perfect for its target audience, but as soon as you try to expand the scope of that to include, you know, adult fantasy readers, um, you you start to find a lot of niggles in there. Things like, you know, authority figures that are, you know, so stupid you've got, you know, Yeah, when you, when you make, um, FBI agents into klutzes and, you know, making stupid decisions all the time, that, that might work in a YA novel where you're trying to show off that these kids are smarter than the adults. But when you try to take a realistic point of view, which a lot of us tend to do, um, it, it starts to fall apart. You're going, you would not have an FBI field agent who is this klutzy making so many mistakes that that's just one example so i can i can totally understand why you know blackwood would be up there um as you know a worse or well, i didn't think it was a it was a worse book I, there was so much to like about it but
0: yeah it sounds like a, you either love it or you hate it yeah um michelle herbert nominated the Killables by jim O'Malley malley and i actually haven't heard of this one um I didn't read a worst book of 2012, um, which is to say, sure, probably one of my books was rated the lowest of them all, but I definitely can't say it was a worst book. Uh, Ryan, you have nominated the one that I, I would have guessed if I'd remembered. Um, you were pretty strong against it on um, the podcast, and I think your review was similar. Um, you nominated for worst book of 2012. The first confessor
1: by Terry Goodkind,
0: which you hated if I remember correctly,
1: ah, uh, yeah, 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 but i I did the dutiful thing and read it start to finish, um, it took me a long time, it took me so long, and in the meantime, it was just so easy to pick up any other book <laughs> and read that because it was preferable, and yeah it it just it felt sloppy it felt rushed um this was this was self published by Terry Goodkind and so it didn't it didn't go through all of the typical publishing processes i mean terry terry says that it did but uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> the um the proof it, doesn't it, back it up
1: yeah like he he normally you know for all the for all the Accusations of his preaching and things like that. He normally puts out a solidly written book. Like, you know, say what you will about the content. It's, it's normally really well written, but this was, this was not well written. This was a lot of mistakes that, you know, would stop other people from getting published. Which uh, is disappointing
0: considering the, the method he took to uh publish this book, it, it, it could very well be the um the future and the saviour of the publishing industry um if you are someone who believes that it needs a saviour. Um well, and to have it well, so uh, woefully that, fail is disappointing.
1: But but that's 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 my opinion. Um it has been amongst the bestsellers on Amazon all year, or well, since it came out in August. And
0: Yeah, but so yeah, is Bill O'Reilly, yeah. and so is, what's his face, yeah. the other right-wing nutjob over in America, has his own talk show, radio show. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I because, mean,
0: bestsellers lists don't represent quality. It, rep- it, it represents popularity. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's just one of those things. Like, if you... If you are a real Terry Goodkind fan, then you probably already read it before I read it. Um, if you were kind of like me, has read every Terry Goodkind book um, since, you know, you were 13 years old, reading The First Wizard and thinking it was the most, um, a Wizard's First Rule and thinking it was the most amazing book that had ever come out ever, um, and then you sort of Grew up and your fancy tastes sort of matured a bit, and you started to, you know, look a little bit differently on Terry Goodkind's writing. Then you know, you'll probably feel the same way that I did—that this was a very disappointing book that you know, doesn't really offer anything different to anything that he's written before. And if you're new to the, if you're new to Terry Goodkind, and you pick this up, you're just going to be going, I what? I don't understand. <laughs>
0: Um, one of the categories that I actually really thought would garner more attention from amongst our reviewers, um, and between Ryan and myself, was the most overrated book of 2012. Um, I was probably thinking, um, along the lines of the fact that I don't understand the Mark Lawrence hype, um, but in the end, we only had one nomination, um, and, you know, were there overrated books this year? Uh, maybe, um... Which I think is why we didn't really have many nominations for this category. I I
1: think um, I could probably say the first confessor by Terry Goodkind was overrated because I thought it was crap, but it continues to get five star reviews from his legion of fans. So I could I could say that, but I've already have already got him in the worst book category. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Now but, moving on to the this is this is the big one. This is the one you all, you, you've all been waiting Well, I can hope you've all been waiting for it. Uh, the best book, the best fantasy book of 2012. This is the best book of all of those genres and release types and etc. Um And there are some very intriguing choices here. Um, Jasper and Michelle Herbert both chose The Dirty Streets of Heaven by Tad Williams. And you definitely can't fault their choice because that book is just a beautiful book, um, and has been receiving just praise upon praise upon praise. Both David Stoit and Steph nominated The Blinding Knife by Brent Weeks, um, and Brent Weeks has a massive legion of fans, um, who I can only assume have been wonderfully pleased with the, um, The Blinding Knife. Uh, David Stoit also nominated uh, Red Country by Joe Abercrombie, um, which was definitely a good book. Alice nominated *The City Sun* by Tom Pollock, and I, I haven't heard much about that book. She's nominated it earlier in this, um, in an earlier category. Ryan, your best fantasy book of 2012 oh, is *The Nightfall*. Yeah, and it's a book that nobody other than an Australian can buy. <laughs>
1: but trust me, everyone else, it's good.
0: So head along on <laughs> over to bookworld.com.au. Who, please, we want your sponsorship. But seriously, if you would like to get your hands on Nightfall by Will Will Elliott, it is available at BookWorld. And look, I I haven't even finished the bloody thing, and I I, I want to recommend it to people because it is um, worth reading. Um, You may walk away going, "Ah, what? Um, You may dislike it. You may love it. Um, But I think it's definitely a book that people are going to want to read. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And... If anything else, have a listen to our um, interview podcast that we did with uh, Will Elliott, where he gave us quite a unique insight into his mind and the way it works and how Nightfall somehow popped out of that.
0: Um, I have stubbornly refused to pick one. I was hoping that um, somehow in the recording of this episode I would... um, have a revelation that, oh, I have finally worked it out. Um And no, sadly it hasn't happened. Um, I need to correct something I've, I said earlier. Um Stephen Erickson did in fact have um uh, his final Malazan book come out this year. I was looking at the wrong title and I've probably already received three emails telling me that I'm wrong, even though this <laughs> thing hasn't been published yet. <laughs> um, well, those wasn't... who are live tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, go away. Um, The Crippled God came out in 2012. And, you know, looking through the list of books that I've, um, read this year that were published this year, um, it's probably got to be close to my favorite book. It was a beautiful finish. Um, it was everything I could have hoped for with the, with the end of this series. Um, it wrapped most of the things up um naturally it's not going to wrap everything up because writers who know what they're doing don't do that um but i loved it. it it was such a great way to finish the series and um i think i've got to walk away saying that it was the best book published this year um obviously it's a it's not a popular choice given the the love here for Tad Williams and Brent Weeks. Um, but Ryan and I generally don't trend towards the popular. <laughs> um, now, finally, um, this is a, a sort of another selfish uh, choice. Um, to get to the end of the year and have only read books that were published in that year, for me, is a very long shot
1: Um well, there were so many books that were that came out this year that I didn't read that I will and need to get to next year.
0: Thing. And that's how it works, and by the time that we're, we've reached 2020, we'll finally have gotten everything read, and then there's 47 other books to read. Um, so we threw in this last final category to look at the best books that I read in 2012. Uh, this bears no resemblance to anything published in this year, as you will see by the books chosen. Um, Jasper picked, um, a book that he previously nominated, Hats Off to Brandenburg by Graham Thomas. Alice Weibery picked uh, a definite, definite popular book, The Killing Moon by N.K. Jemisin. Michelle Herbert picked The Long Earth by Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter, which definitely a contender for my own personal best book of the year, um, both read and published in this year, um, Taking it way back to the 50s, Steph, The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. I cannot fault her. I think we should just walk away saying that this category should always be won by The Lord of the Rings by Tolkien. Provided you read it this year. One of our reviewers is going to read that book each year. I think we can safely say that then we can make that (laughs) our best book that someone read in 2012 or whatever year it happens to be. I, it's hard to say. Um, I've read a lot. I've read over 50 books this year, um, and and there are some really good ones in there. Um, It would be hard to go past Crippled God by Stephen Erickson, but I think I have to give it to Kate Elliott. Um, I sort of just want to give it to her in general um, without having to pick a specific book. But I probably have to, and I'm not even going to go with book two of this series. It's, it's not always the case that an author gets better along a series. Um, often that's the case. But Cold Magic is the first in Kate Elliott's Spirit Walker trilogy. Um, and while it, like, I, I, I probably rated Cold Fire just as high as Cold Magic, Cold Fire the second book in the series. But Cold Magic was just a beautiful introduction to this universe, Um to a universe, which is just perfect for me. Um, I've already gone on about Cold Magic in previous episodes of the of the podcast, and my review will be up on the website. Um, but I think the best book I read in 2012 will have been Cold Magic by Kate Elliott. However, no, actually, I'll do my however after Ryan's best book in 2012.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, I I picked Mr. Monster by. Dan Wells, but I think I'm um, I'm gonna do the the Steph thing and just go the John Cleaver trilogy. Um, so I'll wrap all three books up and say you know those three books were my favourite reads for 2012. Um, story about a young boy who's a sociopath and trying his hardest to not become a serial killer until he witnesses. Um, these demons that start um, doing serial killings in his hometown, and then he has to throw away all of the rules that he's made for himself if he wants to put a stop to it.
0: I've never um, heard of this, but I want to read it.
1: Yeah, it is. It is real. It's like young adult horror, maybe, um, but it is. It is full on. And book two, Mister Monster, is by far and away you know, the the best book of the three.
0: My, um, however, refers to an underlying problem with recording uh, podcasts like this, even writing a post representing the best of 2012, anytime time prior to the actual end of the year. Um, for me personally, what I do over the, 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 probably the last two in the first week of a new year bracket is read books that I don't get a chance to review, or that I just choose not to review. Um... And I recently picked up Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Oh, and yeah. I am pissed off at everyone who didn't force <laughs> me into reading this beforehand. Because this book is simply one of the most beautiful books I've ever read from cover to page choice, pa- paper choice to the story itself. And oh, it's beautiful. Um, Ryan, you've got I... it on your bedstand apparently.
1: It's on my bedstand and I'm pretty sure that it Got our award for best
0: debut of two thousand and eleven. It it absolutely has to because I, yeah. can we give it to this year as well? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but, um, at the moment, I'm halfway through Night Circus. I'm uh, actually I'm probably only what like a two tenths of the way through Great North Road by by Peter F Hamilton. Uh, but both of those books, if I'd started them any earlier, would have run in this um, awards show. Um, Because they're brilliant. They're absolutely beautiful books and it really makes for a great way to finish up the end of the year. No, I'm not going to review either of them, so suck it because (laughs) reviewing books means you read it differently. And we reviewers, we need some time that we don't have to think about reviewing. That is the end of our award show of the best of 2012. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. And, and And listener, you want to hang around. There are some fantastic things coming up in the next few weeks. Next week, we are going to be going with back to a a bit of a normal show, but then we're going to jump the week after that straight into our most anticipated books for 2013, and by gosh, there are some absolutely fantastic books on that list. And we're going to narrow it down so that there are a, a specific few rather than the 87 books that we've got in our Google Doc at the moment. But Ryan, what do you think? We've been gone for such a long time. This award show—did it go all right?
1: It went all right. Um, I'd probably say stay tuned as well because I'm running up a post which is full of all of the non-standard, um, bit of offbeat awards that I like to do every single year. Things like the Brandon Sanderson Award for the most creative magic system, or um, yeah, which is probably going to go to Brandon. It's probably sense. going to go to Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, the most unrealistic sci-fi novel. You know, the best new monster that I read about. Yeah, you know, the the biggest brain bender. Um, best death of the year. Biggest geek um hero. Coolest piece of technology. All those all those sorts of offbeat awards. Um, I'll be writing up a post on that. So look out for that in the next week.
0: Fantastic! It is great to be back. We're going to be even more regular than we used to be. There's a lot of Metamucil going down there. Hang on. <laughs> Too much information. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope you will come back soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. For show notes and links to music we used by Bart, so please head on over to fantasybookreview.co.uk. You can follow the show on Twitter at FanBooRev and at Facebook at FantasyBookReview. And you can follow Josh and Ryan on Twitter at JoshSHill and RyanL1986. You can, and we hope you will, email the show at blog at fantasybookreview.co.uk.